The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you a CEO or ready to become one? Have we got an hour for you. Welcome to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. We're ready to set you up for success. Your reputation with shareholders and clients is important, but standing apart from your competitors is also essential to your success. We'll help you do both. Now, here is your host, Pam Lassiter. Welcome to the CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. I'm your host, Pam Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here with us today in the go-to place for honing the right skills to become a CEO and to stay there as a strategic competitive leader. You can email me at info at ceoacademywithpam.com or connect with me on Facebook slash Lassiter Consulting or follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn. You can find our guest, Richard Eglund, at corning.com slash life sciences. And he is, well, he and his company are also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter at Corning, and Corning Incorporated on YouTube. I didn't realize you had a YouTube channel. It's a pretty cool glass car on there, too, so that's worth checking out. A little about the topic first today, then I'd like to introduce you to our guest. Our topic is, why should anyone be led by you? This is taken from an article by Robert Goff and Garrett Jones in Harvard Business Review that the author said would, be, would quiet a noisy room when they asked the question. I reacted the same way. It stopped me dead when I heard, why should anyone be led by you? Deciding we needed to talk about it on CEO Academy, I thought, who is the best person to address a challenging topic like this? Well... We have him. He's right here. Richard Eglund, Vice President and General Manager of Corning Life Sciences. You already know that some GMs, division managers, and presidents, too, are often a type of CEO in their own right, given the breadth of their responsibilities, and Richard definitely is one of these. He supervises over 3,000 people globally, right, at Corning Life Sciences through nine direct reports and has revenues in excess of $800 million and going up. He clearly has thousands of people who have chosen to be led by you, as the title of the article goes. So we're in the hands of an expert. Richard, thank you for coming. Thank you. I know you've got a busy schedule. So, And this is a tough topic, too. You're a brave guy to take on the giant, amorphous, critical subject of leading others. So. Mm. Thank you. Shows bravery. Glad to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I want to start by taking a step back before we actually plunge into the the mechanics and the strategies of leadership. And have you been thinking about life sciences for this guy, Dr. Eglund? has been in life sciences, I think, since you were six years old. <laughs> Did you think about leadership when you were a little kid uh, and about life sciences? No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, kind of learned on the job with, with leadership. Um, 
I mean, my family background is my father was a chemist, high school ah, chemist, okay. teacher, and my oh, mother. Oh, um, like Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, not like Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Same job. Same though. job. Though, okay. Yeah. Um, and then my mother was was a was a nurse in the hospital, so okay. the healthcare aspect yeah. of it was there. And um, I always wanted to do biology, biology mm. research. So I went off to university and did an undergraduate degree in what was then called pharmacology and then did a PhD in neuroscience and then moved into research, pure R&D uh, in, in both pharmaceutical companies and academia. So you started, like when you were 17, you're already clear when you were deciding yeah. in England about majors and things, already clear about yeah, where you were yeah, going. Yeah, I, I knew I didn't want to do medicine or I didn't want to do an MBA or I didn't mm-hmm. want to go even into business. It was to go do research. But applied research in the discovery of drugs and novel medicines was something yeah. that appealed to me as well. So yeah, 17 onwards. Uh, Interesting. So yeah. the application of it even got you engaged when you were young in yeah. college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. I don't see that career vision that early too often. But the, for those who have it, it becomes a lifetime satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, and you have yeah. stuck with it. And one thing I like so much about Richard's background is that he has street creds. You've been on the bench and you've done research, so it's ended up uh, adding to your credibility mm. over time, mm. too. When you first heard the title of Goff and Jones' article, Why Should Anyone Be Led by You?, what was your first reaction? Well, I guess I guess there were two. One was which was why not be led by me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, confidence. I love it. So there's the confidence point. Yeah. Um, but I guess the other point is that it gets at this uh, aspect of um, do you know yourself well enough to act as a leader, Ooh. and do you have the confidence then to project that? Because if you can do that, then people will follow you as well. But it's a very probing question because. With someone such as myself who has come up through the research track mm-hmm. and not formally trained in leadership, then you've got to really worry about what do I have, what don't I have, and is that going to be uh, empowering for people to follow you as well? How did so, you reflect on that? Did you start thinking, what should I have, or what do I uh, need? Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly coming up through the research track and leading larger and larger research groups, I, I would say that you realise that there are the gaps there. But you also realize maybe you don't need to have all of the gaps filled in order to be a leader. And then as I got more and more into business management, then it certainly says, well, there are some aspects that you have expertise, particularly in a technical company mm-hmm. like Corning. And there are those where you don't have expertise. Um, so you've got to know the gaps and know your strengths, I guess. So, so the leadership skills, eh, I don't really need the MBA after all. I can just learn on the job, right. which is how most leaders right. do learn. Right. And you could see what you needed and taught yourself in some ways or did you take classes? Yeah, there, there was some formal training at the companies I worked at. Okay. There were, because I worked at everything from large multinationals through to Silicon Valley startups. Mm-hmm. The large multinationals give the formal training that Silicon Valley startups give you the training, but it's not formal. Um, okay. You, know, you really have to, because they're small companies, you have to really live on the edge a bit more. Which, that is another part of street creds, being in a small company as well as a very large publicly held one. You've worked the whole continuum, too. So that was part of your training Mm -hmm. there, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, They talk about daring to be different Mm -hmm. in their article and building on your unique capabilities. What did you think about that? 
I, I, I thought it was exactly right. I think you there is the confidence aspect where if you go in a different path, then then is that the right thing to do? Will people follow that? Mm-hmm. It relates, the first thing that struck me to ultimate leaders got to be a decision maker. That mm-hmm. comment about um, everybody can give input, but at the end of the day, someone has to take responsibility. Yeah. Then daring to be different is daring to make the decision. And daring to be, it plays back to your confidence point, doesn't right. it? You have to be, even when it's an unpopular decision That's or right. if you're doing restructuring or yes. layoffs or whatever, yes. that it's still okay. Right. The point they didn't really bring up that I keep seeing as part of leadership is being able to change leadership styles yeah. too. Yeah. That you're, do you see yourself using different styles depending I, I, I do. In fact, that's one of the things I certainly learned when I was leaving science and going more into business management is that you have to have a flexible management style, if you like, for the different people that you're, you're leading. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things I like about my present job is that I've both got a cultural dimension to that as well as a discipline direction to that. So how I would lead, for example, a manufacturing organization mm-hmm. would maybe be very different to how I would lead a technical research and development organization. Okay. Uh, and maybe how you, you would do that in, say, China would be different to how you do it in the West Coast as well. So, so it could vary. Yeah. And depending, what about just not globally and not just the department, but depending on what you want to do? Are there some... Uh, topics and some subjects that you'll want consensus on and some that are more under pressure and so this has to be a yeah, yeah. Uh, command and control, well, not control, but command and make a decision and move quickly? Yeah, there, there are definite uh, financial decisions where there is a deliverable around a number mm-hmm. and that's usually a budgetary number that's set and agreed but once it's agreed that is the course so that's a non-returnable serve. There are other areas where it can be certainly a consensus decision. Um, related to consensus, by the way, is is delegation. And maybe that gets back to this confidence issue of how much do you feel comfortable delegating versus how much do you take the leadership position? There. That's a big deal. We've talked about that with uh, smaller companies in particular when the owner mm-hmm. has such a hard time delegating too yeah. and how important. You can't scale a company. Right, right. If you're not comfortable doing that, too. Uh, There was, uh, talk about daring to be different. There was a point, I'm not sure if it was in their article, but I'd like to bring it up about managing genius Mm. because you're managing different profiles of personalities as well. You're going to have uh, scientists and other PhDs Mm. and in-depth people that may not even want to supervise other Mm. people and grow traditionally. And what's it like to supervise and retain the brilliant kind of off-the-chart breakthrough people versus somebody manufacturing on the floor that doesn't really talk to those people too frequently. Right, right. Well, the, the first thing I learned, particularly in a general manager position, is that it's easy to ascribe, for example, genius to a PhD researcher working in the lab. Mm-hmm. But when you broaden it out to talent, you realize that a person that can run a line efficiently and get the cost savings is probably as talented as someone who can invent the the new new. Do you hear why this guy's a good leader? He gets it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but you've got to be able to to, to recognize that, right? And um, since I came from the research background and have never worked in a manufacturing plant, you've got to have the, the ability to recognize all of these different aspects there. 
the other bit about genius, though, is it can occur at all levels at any time there as well. So you've got to be very sensitive to that and make sure you encourage people. And all different types of it's a plural of genius. Geniuses. Genii. Gen. But regardless of multiple types, yeah. I remember uh, Daniel Goleman talking about multiple types of intelligences. Right, right. So it's right. a lot the same yeah. thing. Yes. Well, part of that is a culture that you probably mm. are creating here at Corning, too, that respect yeah. for the different functions yeah. and uh, Hopefully, some interchange. You have scientists on the floor too, right, right. which I think is really cool because yes. they both learn from each other yeah. and very unusual yeah. too. So that's yeah. really good. Yes. What I'd like to do is continue in our next segment with some of the themes that Richard has already started about the learning and the integration and respect of the different functions. Uh, on the floor and the different types of intelligence. And then when we come back from our break, not only will we touch on those, we'll talk about having difficult conversations. How's that for an important topic you can even practice at home? We'll see you in three minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to CEO Academy. We're talking to Richard Eglund, Vice President and General Manager of Corning Life Sciences, about why should anyone be led by you? compelling question. By the end of the show, I hope you'll all be shouting back the answers. Richard, we're about to plunge into a giant topic of communications. That's an umbrella topic that's kind of hard to get arms around. And it goes on between a boss and his or her employees that build and shape relationships. Before we started on taking that apart, though, I thought maybe we should take a step back Mm -hmm. and throw a big picture question at you. When you thought about, okay, why shouldn't I lead others when you were seven years old or whatever and and growing up into a leader? Do you have a philosophy about how you want to uh, be seen, how you want the culture you want to build, how you think about leading others? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say, and, and I know it's in all the management textbook now, but there's this point about being an authentic leader, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I, that's something I thought I had when I was was, was sort of starting out my career, mm-hmm. both because I was leading folks in the labs and then I had postdoctoral researchers doing actual science, scientific work, but also quickly as I worked in industry, it's a characteristic that people can easily see through if it's fake. Yeah. And therefore, you—if you're going to be authentic, you've really got to go out on the edge a bit. Mm-hmm. You've got to put everything out there. So there's the point about being vulnerable. Oh yeah. Being confident to work through the vulnerability yeah. as well. Which we're going to talk about Bill George in our next segment ah, too, okay. Okay. about his true north and being authentic yeah. too. Yeah. And you're entirely right. That's a core piece of the philosophy in general, but you started thinking about that early on. Yeah, and, and it was mainly because when I was building up a group, I had a, an advisor and he gave me this advice whereby you should always hire someone better than yourself. Great. And if you've got the confidence to do that, then you know where your limits are, but also you know how to spot talent when it comes mm-hmm. and you know how to manage people who are frankly better than you. Yeah. And the advantage of that is that you then build up a very strong team you then have a, a team that you can delegate to. But as importantly, you start to multiplex so that they become what they call force multipliers. That is a Perfect. team of talented people mm-hmm. can do seven times more than you can do yourself. And That's you're amazing. totally yeah. confident in terms of delegating them too. And do you train them to hire people that are smarter than themselves as well? I, I do. I, I use that as, as like an edict, you know. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to do. <laughs> Many people are very uncomfortable with that. Because they're, they're threats, you know, mm-hmm. they, they come in as competitive threats. Uh, they also are probably going to have careers that will overtake some of these managers mm-hmm. eventually if mm-hmm. they stay with the organization. But it is so energizing for an organization to have um, bright, talented people who, 
really are engaged. And I've worked in organizations where I've had to do remedial type management and remove those people that don't have those characteristics. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's real drudgery. That it's wastes tough time it's and tough. assets. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find your leaders that were originally reticent or reluctant to uh, hire smarter than they were? Yeah, right. I think they wanted to almost replicate the group that they had Mm -hmm. and therefore maintain themselves at the top of the the management pyramid, if you like, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the implications of this, which is you have a flatter structure, there's a lot more delegation, there's a lot more, uh, if you like, consensus building as well, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot more listening and communication to your other point as well. That's hard to get. Did you actually train them or how did they learn? People don't listen naturally. Well, in the early days, it was very much a, in in terms of uh, making them do this, was I would sit in on on some of the interviews and I would say the person I would hire was this. And they quickly realized that that I was looking at people very differently from some of the people they originally wanted to bring in. And then they modeled after you, because you were using yourself as an example, as opposed to you should be doing this, this is what I look for. Makes it much easier to hear, doesn't it? Right, right, right. Okay. I want to look at easy and tough conversations, Mm. because it boils down to a lot of one-on-one growth Mm. over time, especially with your top people. Mm. The, The easier ones are to help them grow, to make employees feel like they're being challenged but supported, that yin-yang at the same time. Mm. And do you do that? Is that a once-a-year thing? Do you do that continually? or how do you uh, Yeah, yeah con- continually. Um, so I would have frequent uh, formal one-on-one meet- meetings with people. Like formal, the- frequent formal. Yeah, yeah, wow. like once a month. Yeah. And um, then there'd be... Uh, formal performance evaluations, which would be done twi- twice a year, and okay. those are documented. That's yeah. a lot. That's Great. A lot. Yeah. But I would say all of those are as well as the main way of giving feedback, which is continuous. Mm-hmm. And that is when something happens, good or bad, the feedback is given at that time. And also, so there's an element of fine-tuning here. Mm-hmm. Such, and I remember I was uh, at a, a manager in my, my first job, and he came to me, and he'd never had a performance review for five years. His his manager had mm. totally decided they didn't felt uncomfortable doing it. They stepped away, and uh, this individual, of course, was going off the rails in terms of his performance. Mm-hmm. So he got some direct feedback from me, and um, I was expecting a negative reaction. What mm-hmm. I got was a positive reaction because he said, no one's ever said that to me. Really? I now know what to do to improve. Thank wow. you. Wow. So it, it, they're tough conversations, but they, they are genuinely worth it if, 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 you can, if you can do it. And I'd encourage people to do it on an ongoing basis. Well, you're doing it in a way that they can hear it and accept it. Right, right, right. And, and it was viewed as very um, objective. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't viewed as this is a personal vendetta against you. Mm-hmm. The, the, well, there's no hidden threat there. It's simply, I've evaluated you over a period of time. This is what's good. This is bad. Mm-hmm. You really need to work on that. Yeah, um, um, and and I think it, it's a conversation people in their private lives maybe have discomfort doing, mm-hmm. but certainly in the workplace I think it's almost mandatory. The other point is if you do it frequently, you can address small issues before they become big issues. See, the fact you're doing it formally once a month is a great idea, and then twice a year for yeah. is it written yeah, at that yeah, point? Yeah, to be documented. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you do have a track record. Yeah. What about the tougher? I was calling those the easier conversations. They weren't really. The tougher ones. What tough t- 
topics do you run into primarily? Some of these may be letting people go. What are the main categories? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. Let, let's take restructuring. You know, often restructuring can occur because of a business decision. And the hardest conversations there are the, the individual's performance may be just fine. Mm, really? It's a business it's reason. A business One of the reason. three reasons you can right, let right, people go. Right. And that, that is a very difficult conversation because there's no performance issue. They're probably individually doing extremely well. But from a business perspective, mm-hmm. this activity, this function, this facility is, is no longer required for the so business. So those are the hardest ones. Those are the hardest ones. That you've been able to... Well, People don't realize it's hard for the boss, too. It's very difficult. It, and, and in fact, the best advice I can give is you prepare for conversations like that. It is not something you go from one meeting to another. Give yourself time mentally to get into a position to deliver that message. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it become even harder, I think. That. Well, it's harder, but being able to deliver it well, mm. quickly, mm. without changing your mind and having a process that you're going to be following yeah. because that's a very yeah. awkward uh, time that can be inflammatory right. Right. for either side. So right. you're clearly doing that yeah. well. Does anybody ever give you feedback, either solicited or unsolicited? Uh, they sure give me unsolicited <laughs> feedback. <laughs> well, that's a good sign, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think people have the, I guess, confidence to have a conversational style of feedback mm-hmm. as opposed to... Um, any other formal way of doing it. That said, the first two years I was here in Corning, I made sure I did 360-degree de- oh, feedback really? with a constituency of 20 people, and that was put in a written format. And like anybody else, I would focus on the negative comments and ignore the positive yeah. comments. Yeah, so this, we all do that, reaction. don't we? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. naturally. But for me, it was very beneficial. You know, it, it, you can fine-tune your performance and uh, work well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you did that for different levels of the organization, yeah, yeah, everybody? Yeah, 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 I did it uh, with what we call N, N plus one, plus yeah. two above, okay. and N minus one below, and it, and it, it uh, I say a total of 20 people. There yeah, as well. as well as peers, yes, too. Yeah. Now, that's very effective. Yeah, yeah. And is sometimes, I've discovered in coaching, that's the only thing people will listen to. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> they see something that's written and right. objective right. and removed from who is saying it, although they're always trying to guess, uh, that it does have more impact than a lot of feedback. I I think the only other point I'll mention, Pam, is I think you've got to be prepared to act on it because the second time you do this, why would people bother, right? Oh, did you hear that? Did everybody out there hear that? You've got to be prepared to act on it. It's like calling wolf. Right. If you do not act on it, the first time, people won't bother. Yeah. They won't even respond to the 360s right. the right. second time unless there is some follow-through. Right. Right. So that's why having somebody that continues to stay in touch with the people that are going mm. through them and observe performance and give feedback, right. which right. you sound like you're doing too, which is helpful. Uh, that's ongoing feedback, the 360, but the being able to talk to people informally, quickly. Mm. And it sounds like they're getting it back to you, too. I would say the informal times of the conversation are probably more productive than the formal times, yeah. Do you ever find that you have filters? Everybody has filters, but your own filters, that you have preconceptions of this person has always been either a problem or a star, and how to treat them objectively Mm. with different examples of their work do you ever run into filters yeah yeah i mean one personal filter is if you like the person mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. but from a managerial perspective you've got to give them bad news yeah that that's hard to that's do hard. so there's yeah. an interpersonal in, internal person conflict i mm-hmm. guess 
The other point is is that you've got to make sure you get the full picture. In other words, if you get some comments on an individual, that may be not the full story. So it's worth digging a bit more, finding out. How do you do that? Going. Well, I asked several people who have interacted wow. with this individual. You spend time on this, don't Yeah, you? I mean, management is a capital M activity. It, it takes time. You know? It does take time. Yeah, yeah. I remember working with some executives that were going, that had been promoted from their functional expertise into general management. Mm. And one said, you mean I have to like people to do this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, they often think I can keep doing my day job, what I used to do, yeah, yeah. and that I'll be fine. It's just more people, yeah. a better title, et cetera. Yeah, but yeah. no. It's no, no. And if I've known many people who have wanted to get off the management track because, because they don't want to manage that. a large group. I see that with scientists in particular, right. that they miss their discipline. That's and right. it is leaving the mm-hmm. discipline to a That's large right. extent. You've got a lot of great learn. See, you didn't need that MBA anyway. You've got <laughs> Well, <laughs> see what my feedback says, Pam. <laughs> no, no, you taught all yourself, which is really cool. We're coming on a break. I've posted a five-minute TED video for you. I didn't want to leave you with just a break. I wanted to give you some information that Bill George, the former CEO and chair of Medtronic and author of Discovering Your Authentic Leadership, is sharing on TED. And the, the link is on my LinkedIn page and Facebook slash Lassiter Consulting. So check it out. And we're going to come back to this topic that we touched on lightly earlier after the break. See you in three. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. 
Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. Did you get a start on the Authentic Leadership video in my LinkedIn post? Let's talk a little bit more about what that means. We're talking to Rich, Richard Eglund of Corning Life Sciences, corning.com slash life sciences right now, trying to tease apart what authentic leadership means and what it might have to do with you. Richard, the former Medtronic CEO, Bill George, popularized the term of authentic leadership in his books and articles, but the values behind it have been around for a good while. You can see it in a lot of the literature what does it mean to be authentic? How do you know when a leader is being authentic? Mm. Well, I think you've got to, first of all, I think you have to like people. I, I think if you, I mean, that's <laughs> Gee, quite easily said. I bark. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it gets back to this point that people in a heartbeat will find if you're not authentic. Um, I think it's something you've got to do continuously, which means it's probably going to be part of your character or long-term experience as well and I think you've got to really walk the walk and talk the talk it's not something you would read in a textbook and then employ it that afternoon and then that's my authentic leadership done for mm-hmm. the day you know? mm-hmm. um, so it, it takes effort it, it takes um, as I said liking of people so there's the empathy aspect to it as well yeah but also, I think it takes the confidence, and it, and it, it gets at this point about how how far on a limb do you want to go to be vulnerable in front of all your team. <laughs> I was reading about one new hire, a VP level, that was telling her team, "I'm really scared. This is a great job, but I'm not sure I can do it. I'm going to need your help." Well, mm. that was too too much information. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that totally was oversharing right, and made right. her team totally not. Yeah. Trust right, right, because the other side of it is that they lack the confidence and they mm-hmm. lack, was well, this my leader or isn't it, this mm-hmm. leader? Um, I think the other thing is that it's easy to lead in good times in a company or any, anywhere else where they really expect leaderships come through is when things are difficult. Which and is that's, tougher. That's, that's, that's the, the varying test. leadership styles we were touching on earlier right, too, right, that those may right. need to change some. You're talking about the vision that still needs to be projected regardless when times are tough. Yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, it gets to this point that you can have all the characteristics of authenticity, empathy, communication, but there will come times, particularly in bad times in a mm-hmm. company, where you've got to say, this is what we're going to go do. This is my responsibility. Let's go do it. No more arguments. So the law has to be laid down. And I think that people expect that as well. They look for a direction. No more arguments. That's it. And that happens? Nobody argues after you say that? No, no, I don't say it very often. (laughs) (laughs) You save it. You're right, because if you say it frequently, it's white noise. If you say it occasionally, it has an effect there as well. Mm -hmm. There was a good phrase I I had also from my first manager, and uh, I still know him now, 30 years later, he's still running his own company. He said, when you lead people... 
uh, you need to um, take all of the blame but share all of the credit. Oh, what a great point. And I, that's advice I've kept with me ever since mm -hmm. I started my career. And I think that's kind of maybe an element of authenticity of leadership as well. Yeah. Well, it builds followership mm -hmm. dramatically. Mm -hmm. That's a really important point, too, yeah. by giving away credit. Right. You actually get more yourself. That's right. That's right. And that's what I see leaders not realizing, that if they praise other people, yeah. guess how those other people feel right. and what they turn around and right. say to everybody else, too. Right. So your reputation in the company yeah. Yeah. then externally right. continues right. to grow, too. So yeah. that's, that's really important. Authentic leaders are constantly growing is one of the points. Mm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I would I would totally agree with that. I mean, one advantage I've often felt managing coming from a science background is that you continually want to get on the learning curve. Mm -hmm. And when you slip down the cur learning curve, you want to start clawing your way back up to the top. So there's this lifelong learning aspect to it. Exciting. And I think that's as true as management as it is as of any other enterprise as oh, well. Oh, it's essential. Otherwise, your employees overtake you. Right, right. The scientists, right. do they have a natural drive to continue to push themselves? I think so. I think so. Yeah, there's a lack of satisfaction with the status quo, right? for sure. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. always something yeah. out there we don't understand yet. Right. Right. What about the manufacturing floor? Does that continue in a place like Corning? Are people still innately curious about what can we change? What technology, what software could we use? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, we have um, manufacturing programs like the Kaizen initiatives, with where you know where you? Yeah, people okay. will strongly come in with ideas for continuous improvement. Uh, we have people who are realizing there are some areas of change in manufacturing, so let's learn to go do that. But I think the other bit we will do in all parts of the organization is to say this is why you do what you do. So here's the vision in terms of what it does for the customer or healthcare or you know keeping the impact of what you do or what you make in front of you as well is, is part of what we do a lot as well. That's Which is easier in life sciences. You have meaning tied in right, right. to the core right, right. of what you're about. And that really motivates yeah, people yeah, right there, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. To Authentic leaders match their behavior to their context. That means that gets to the EQ, the emotional intelligence you were talking about earlier, but not bursting out with whatever they're thinking or feeling. Right. Do you find yourself having to restrain yours? Don't say anything, right. Richard. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you have to have a, you have to have a level of self-discipline, and frankly, that's something that you develop over your career. That you really, there's I, hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to have, have a filter. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, for a couple of reasons, one of which is that people watch your behavior continuously. Yes. All, I mean, not just over the workplace, but in the workplace or a social environment with work colleagues, mm -hmm. you are never off. Mm -hmm. And so that means the discipline has got to be always on. And, and I think that's a really important lesson I learned early in my career as well. Was that a surprise to you when you first realized yeah, that? Yeah, I, I thought you could say, well, okay, the nine to five place is, is this version of me. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, afterwards I can relax. Yeah, and no. that doesn't happen. With, yeah. When you're with employees, right, right. that will make a difference. Yeah, I right. remember hearing one CEO said, I like the color white. And I came back the next day and everything was painted white. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. they'd spent a whole research report yeah. on the yeah. color of white. It's a, 
So people overreacted That's to right. the slightest comment right. to want to, I don't know if it's want to please or to try to anticipate needs or to see direction or what. I, I think it's a mixture of all of that, to, to be honest. I think so that means you've got to be very selective as to what you say and what you you want mm -hmm. and also make sure that there's no confusion in your messaging so they don't go and That's produce white and easier you know, said than done yeah, though yeah yeah it takes took me years to get that style fully in place there yeah. did you ever realize afterwards that oh they really heard white when i meant yeah. beige or yeah. whatever yeah. did you have to change things yes yeah, yeah. if I, I had to pull the group together again and said look i know i said this but to be clear what i really meant what i really meant was, <laughs> was blue you know, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, yeah. and the fact you got them all together at once so how you communicate how yeah. you deliver news yeah is this an email with a cc Ooh, talk to us about communications mm. over emails. Have you found those to be insidious and dangerous yes, sometimes? Yes, yes. So face-to-face -face mm -hmm. is, is the easy way to go. And often I found employees will interpret just email communication with their manager as the sign of a poor manager. But employees get it. Really? In a minute, yeah. If that person's not coming to see me, but they want to email me, then we have an issue with our manager. Yeah. I'm impressed with the employees, and that's across the generations yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. they want visibility and right. presence. What do they used to call it? Management by walking around. That's right. That's right. And that's so right. that is still yeah, alive and well. Yeah. What yeah. I've typically coached is if there's any emotion tied to a message. Mm call them if they're a long way away or get up and walk over yeah, people yeah. will email to the cubicle next yeah, to them yeah, yeah i totally agree yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. get the yeah. the verbal and the visual yeah the other advantages of walking around is a that people come up to you and talk about topics, whatever whatever so you'll often hear things that you can then put a picture together because you mm -hmm. get snippets of conversation you can form your own impression so you cut through three or four levels of management oh, yes. in a minute. You know, Without offending anybody Without either. offending anybody, yeah. And yeah. this, you were saying you checked out people from different sources. This yeah. means how much of your time do you spend on actual management of people? It's a high percentage. It's probably yeah, 40%. I, At I least. Would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's active management, I mm -hmm. would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You enjoy it, though, don't you? Yeah, I, I really, I mean, I like. I guess I like working with people. Yeah, good um, thing. And it's, so and it's yeah, it, it's and you and you meet so many good people. You know, yeah. you really meet people that are impressive, and that that's a thrill of the job as well. So, well, that gets back to hiring practices as well, mm. which is a little beyond what we're heading for today. But mm. that's who's on the bus is critical. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and right. you have hired good people over time too. Just one last question on this important segment about communications. How do we take, how we can take our own pulse checks mm. of our own behavior to monitor how we are doing? Because it's hard to tell if people are being straight or even giving you feedback. To yeah, yeah. I mean, it, well, first of all, I think you've got to be real with yourself, and and you've got to realize you're never going to be perfect twenty four seven. So the only saint I know is is my wife, right? Everybody else <laughs> yeah. is not it. So, so yeah. the point being is that you've got to realize that you're never going to be perfect at this. So I would say more than authentic, it's genuine. Where you have a genuine reaction for the right reasons, people will be fine with that. They, they will view that as an authentic reaction. Mm -hmm. And if it happens to be a poor reaction or one that's not through thought, not thought through, then then quickly circle back and make make it clear there. They do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your employees clearly trust you that they can be straight with you. Right, right, right. Because some 
companies, they right. might just cower, run for cover, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and, and in, a, in a hierarchical company where managers lead by hierarchy, then communication up is very, very difficult to do because either either people won't do it or it gets filtered before it gets to the senior leaders. Yeah. I totally agree, and I'm not sure if hierarchy in most companies continues to exist over time mm. because retaining talent right yeah. now with yeah. low unemployment right. Right. is getting to be harder too. Yeah. So yeah. you have a core mm. of really talented people mm. that is often tough to yeah. hold on to, and you do a good job yeah. of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we are going to go to break now in an effort to be totally transparent. We're going to be away for three minutes. <laughs> I'm practicing the right behaviors right now, Richard. We'll be back with Richard Eglin of Corning Life Sciences shortly and talk about some of the points and why anyone should be led by you. See you shortly. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from the break. I'll introduce an additional topic that we're going to cover at the beginning of this segment, and then we're going to start summarizing and pulling together ideas with approaches that you can walk away with today 
to build followership among your employees. We're with Richard Eglin from Corning Life Sciences, and Richard has been sharing with us lots of detailed as well as macro approaches on how to build loyalty and trust. Richard, I wanted to touch base with you on something you started implying earlier. I'm hearing in a lot of the human resource circles that performance management, the Mm -hmm. system of uh, once a year Mm -hmm. sitting down with employees, each Mm -hmm. side giving their two bits, if they did that at all, Mm -hmm. is disappearing. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing that as well? Do you have a a structure that you're moving towards that you were talking about earlier? We'll probably stay with the the formal reviews and the documented But that's twice a year, right? Twice a year. I would say that we are moving forward more towards the continuous feedback uh, mm-hmm. model with the twice a year being the way in which it's documented. Okay. So, for example, often employees will ask me, is this review I've got with you, is this going to count towards my next year's pay rise, for example? Oh, there's always the that cause-effect concern. There's, there's yeah. the comp side and all yeah. that. Um, and I think that, that, so once you get that out of the way, then people realize that no no this is just a offline conversation around continuous improvement and mm-hmm. Eglund happens to be talking to me about something I've done well or something I've done done not so well and and I'd emphasize the positive as much as the negative Good. it's not purely you may want to stop doing that and do this it's mm-hmm. the, the compliment and the thank you and the appreciation of do this and keep doing more of it yeah you know that, that aspect of it you know well. if you can do that this is the school of positive psychology that mm. we use at harvard business school the quick reinforcements yeah, yeah. just what you're saying the yeah. little compliments the feedback on little things that's it that's it and, and it can often go a long way in some cases it will go as far as actual compensation Oh, you know, it, it's a it's a powerful tool in management. Yeah. That is yeah. wonderful. To, yeah. With one company I was working with, we gave a managers a minor pittance, a hundred dollars, mm. if you promoted somebody out of your department mm. within the company. Oh, well, yeah. But it was sending a message yeah. of what the company was valuing, yeah. which is internal growth. Yes. And the employees loved the growth, mm. and the managers saw that it was important enough mm. to make an action attached to it that rewarded them yeah, so that yeah. was just a way to say yeah, thank you good. which is yeah. the low bar too yeah, so yeah. that's how to think of creative ways to do that and employees could come up with them sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, when yeah. people ask you is this going to affect my compensation mm. what would you tell them well I th- I th- you have a very sort of honest answer and that is that, that this is part of me looking at their performance through the year and this mm-hmm. is one one checking point and if this behavior continues positively mm-hmm. then then yes it will affect your compensation because mm-hmm. the performance is good and positive mm-hmm. and meets or exceeds the metrics then mm-hmm. if it's negative of course and they don't change and this is the fifth time you've had this conversation that'll affect it too <laughs> that'll definitely affect it <laughs> so the answer underneath it all is yes but yes but uh, right right yeah. right and 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 some people don't realize they're doing it. And as soon as you say it, then people don't look for a compensatory change, but they say, oh, yeah, I never realized Interesting. That, that was my style or that was my management. Uh, it gets effect. back to what that one person said to you yeah. about thank you. Right, right. I've never heard this or had yeah, this share. Yeah. Nobody cared yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. And it's surprising to me how many people 
don't have a perception of how they are seen by others oh. relative to their internal view of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Many people have a massive gap there. Yeah. So That's what so many business leaders, writers, professors write about, is the importance of being outside of yourself, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. observing how other people react to you. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have been able to do that the modifying behaviors comment mm. earlier indicates yeah. you can do that, but mm. it's an objectivity that doesn't come it's very difficult to easily. Yeah. So, yeah. any secrets? No, just just it takes time, I guess. But also be open to feedback, positive or negative, and back to that point about do something about it. You know, so. do something about it. You're modeling behaviors, yeah, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Boy, I hope you can relax sometimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it the rest of the time too. Okay, so. The quick summary for what we have covered a lot today, which has been so exciting. I keep on introducing new topics when I'm supposed to be summarizing. One was why should anyone be led by you? And we were talking about the being vulnerable and intuition and tough empathy and being different. It's okay to be unique. It's building on it as long as it's contributing to the corporate goals and mission too. Communications. That was a whole segment on, I asked Richard about your big goals, mm. about how you wanted to, and this is where the authenticity yeah. came back again. Yeah. There's We have a theme there, don't mm. we? Uh, how to have easier conversations around performance, the tougher ones mm-hmm. around terminations, and blind spots. Do we have them? Well, maybe not, but <laughs> your employees will tell you, yeah, right? Like, no, no, <laughs> and the filters and being able to get through the filters is hard. The ongoing uh, leadership through authentic leadership, the word authentic is vague enough to me that I need more definition around it, and that's just what you did. How do we know it when we see it? Mm. And Richard was talking about being real and genuine and growing. Mm. Right? The mm-hmm. importance of learning continually and matching behavior to context and not needing to be perfect mm-hmm. but being sensitive to the needs of mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. How's right. that? That's a big. It's a pretty good summer. <laughs> the, yeah. the management performance piece, I like the way you're doing mm-hmm. it at mm-hmm. Corning. You have something tangible. And then something informal right. that's iterating quickly, that's too, that's which yeah. sounds like a great way to do it. We have covered ground, and there is more to cover. So you can hear the tape again online and start picking apart some of Richard's ideas and ones that you can take home and want to save for other people. Thank you for joining us. It was great to have you here to talk about why should anyone be led by you. And I have a feeling you're yelling answers to me right now about why should you be leading others. Today, our guest was Richard Eglin, VP and General Manager of Corning Life Sciences. I should say Dr. Richard with appropriate respect, shouldn't I? Well, thank you, Pam. <laughs> Richard's fine. <laughs> Richard, okay, well, thank you. You can check out corning.com slash life sciences to find out more, as well as Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter at Corning, and Corning Incorporated on YouTube. Make sure to see the glass car. You can find me at Lassiter Consulting and Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And please join us next week when the CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter is going to be talking about what are you worth as the CEO. Interesting topic. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening. 
Be sure to join us for another edition of CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter next Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week for more tips from the professionals as you grow your career and your company to the top. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 